What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings podcast. We are digging deeper into the fantasy football season here. It's right around the corner. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Lauren Auerbach. Hello, everybody. Andrew, are you ready? It's football time. We're going to oh, do so- another installment I'm so of ready. our position preview. I know. And I feel like you, you were ready when we were talking about baseball. Well, that's the nice thing about being a dynasty football fanatic like I am is uh-huh. there is no off season. What is, I, 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 that's someone's tagline. I, I don't. I don't want to copyright. I don't want to steal right. someone's copyright. But, right. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just year round obsession uh, for me and for so many other people out there. Hopefully, a lot of our listeners as well. Uh, we do, you know, keep it real with the redraft focus here mm-hmm. at rest of season rankings um so the these uh rankings that we will discuss are going to be focused purely on the 2021 season uh we did a preview of quarterbacks on our last uh football pod so check that out uh if you haven't already it's still very relevant uh as drafts fast approach um and today we are going to tackle the running back position Running back. Running back. Do I don't like know how, why do when like, we do football, do like we always turn voices? into like Guar or something. But. <laughs> I know, it's like, who's running for football? <laughs> Are you ready for some football? I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why we do this. It's not something that we've we've discussed. It just flows out naturally from our bodies. So apparently that's just our football like personas, you know? I guess so. I guess so. We yeah. just have just to own have it. Just going to roll with it. Yeah. 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 All right, so why don't we get started? Jump right in on on uh, running backs here, and uh, you know, I when I draft my fantasy teams, I like to look at it sort of from a tier perspective. Just I like to know uh, where I think there are big drop offs at different positions. Uh, it just helps me decide, uh, you know, which position I want to prioritize when my pick comes up in a snake draft or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I don't think uh, either of us have fully laid out our tiers or anything like that but you know it's it's the kind of thing we can maybe keep in mind as we go through this where uh it, there are certain spots where we think there might be a bit of a drop off mm-hmm. um yeah and uh so you know i think for me there's kind of like a top group of um maybe six uh or six. Yeah, yeah about six running six, backs seven. that yeah. um are really kind of the upper echelon guys mm-hmm. uh for for this season and uh you know, it has to start, I think, with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, last year was certainly uh, frustrating for people who uh, spent that early pick on him. Just uh, He only played in three games all year, and it was one of those things where it wasn't clear from day one that he was going to be out the whole season. It, it just kind of lingered and lingered, and the Panthers were not in the playoff hunt and kind of didn't weren't that motivated to rush him back or anything like that, um, you know, so when he played, he was amazing, uh, just as amazing as he was the previous season when he lapped the field by over 100 fantasy points uh, at running back. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, are, do you have any concerns about McCaffrey based on the injury uh, experience he had last season, or are you all in on him as sort of the, the first overall pick in a one-quarterback league? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's still the still the number one overall pick. I think if there's any kind of lingering kind of hesitations, it's you know they may they may rely on him less. 
um, just to kind of keep him fresh. But I think it's so tough because I think he's such an integral part, integral part of that, that offense. But, um, and he naturally may get leaned upon a little bit more with, um, you know, Sam Darnold um, under center, maybe, I don't know. Um, but overall, no, I mean, I still think that he's the number one um, player off the board. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I just think um, the the way that he is used, I mean, he, he can go over 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving, which is mm-hmm. there's just not many players that can do that. And they don't really have much on the depth chart behind him. I mean, they did draft Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Mike Davis, of course, departed to Atlanta. So yeah. uh, that's, a, you know, to have a, a rookie who wasn't even an early round pick uh, behind you, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be forcing his way onto the field that much. And, you know, you don't have to worry about guys like Rodney Smith or Reggie Bonafon either. I mean, this is McCaffrey's game. He's going to be a bell cow. Uh, he's going to be they're, they're going to ensure he touches the ball 20, at least 20 times, 25 times every single game. So uh, he's got to be that number one, I think. Yeah, I think it's a don't overthink it. Sort of yeah, thing. exactly. Um, and so then the next group, it'll be interesting to see if we have the same kind of names there. Mm-hmm. I think it. I actually have Derrick Henry ranked ahead of Dalvin Cook. Uh, this is for half PPR, so mm-hmm. certainly uh, in standard non-PPR, I think the gap would be even greater of Henry over Cook. In full PPR, maybe you can make a case for Cook ahead of Henry, uh, but in half PPR, I'm leaning Henry over Dalvin Cook uh, just because you know I think Cook has a little bit of an injury history um, that's concerning, and the other thing about Henry is just it, it's just he's just proven it. He's proven. He's been a top three fantasy back each of the last two seasons. Um, so the fact that he doesn't really catch a lot of passes, uh, it, it just hasn't mattered. And I don't see why it's suddenly going to matter this season, especially when uh, that offense should be even better this year with the addition of Julio Jones. I think you're looking at even more red zone opportunities for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I also, I have him as my number two uh, running back. And it's just, like you say, I mean, he's got the track record. He amazingly, it's like he gets better, you know, each season. You think that he can't top himself, but but he does. And you're right. I think this this season with, with uh, Julio Jones, I just think that this is uh, the Tennessee Titans offense. I think it's incredibly well balanced and it I think should be a force to be reckoned with and so I have no problem with with Derrick Henry right right under um, Christian McCaffrey in the rankings yeah and I think most people have Dalvin Cook number two and I mm-hmm. I, I, I I mean we're, we're splitting hairs here really yeah I just think uh, I mean Cook has actually finished top two in fantasy points per game in each of the last two seasons it's just he tends to miss two or three games a season uh, mm-hmm. so for that reason um, I just think Henry has proven to be a little bit more durable than Cook. That's the main thing. But Cook is certainly um, the more traditional back you look for in a PPR format, just because um, you know he's kind of like McCaffrey light. I mean, he can right. he can make a lot of plays in the passing game as well as the running game. Yeah, I agree. Um, who do you have uh, behind that? Let's see if we have the same kind of top tier guys. Yeah. So in the four spot right now, I've got Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion, honestly, what the impact of the Michael Thomas injury is on Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, really excited about it um, for Kamara, um, pointing out how uh, what kind of numbers he's put up in the past when when Thomas has been out of the lineup. Um, and I can see that. 
but I also think that um, it sort of is a big hit to their overall offense and their the, the amount of points they're going to score as an offense. So I when when I'm drafting my running back, I want them to be in a high scoring, potent offense, and so that to me is a, a little bit of a downside for Kamara. Um, and you know, the other question is, does the loss of Thomas push Sean Payton more towards uh, Taysom Hill as the quarterback as opposed to Jameis Winston? Because if that's the case, I don't think that's good for Kamara either. I think you know, a, a running quarterback is always going to check it down to their running back less. Um, so, you know, either way, uh, Kamara is elite. He's proven year after year he's elite. Uh, he's clearly their most talented skill position player with Michael Thomas out of the lineup. So they're going to make sure they're going to manufacture a lot of touches for him. So I'm not panicking about Kamara. I just don't necessarily think it's an automatic upgrade for him that Michael Thomas is hurt. Yeah, and I think? think that he gets I think that he gets enough kind of volume as it is. Like it's tough to kind of top that. I think that you're gonna see more of a bump with, you know, like Latavius Murray, for instance. Totally I think agree. You'll see you know, you you'll see more of a bump with him than you will with, with Kamara, but Kamara will still produce and um he's still kind of solid at the top. You kind of set it and forget it guy. So Absolutely. So you have him yeah. fourth as well, then. I actually have I have Zeke first. I have Ezekiel Elliott and then Alvin Kamara. Ah, interesting. Um, so make the case for Zeke ahead of Kamara. I like Zeke um, only because you know we're talking about you know kind of a high powered offense. I think that you know, and this is again assuming health with everyone. I think that he's just um, you know we've talked about this. Like you want a piece of this, you know, Dallas offense, and I think that he is uh, yes, kind of Tony Pollard has has emerged, but I think that. Zeke is really the three down back here. And um, I think you just kind of have to trust in that this season. And I think that he's he's fallen a lot. And I think that if, if he does, if you do see that in your draft, take advantage because I think that he's just going to have um, have a great year, especially with they've got a stronger O-line this season. Prescott's healthy. Yes, there are a lot of receiving options, but I just think that um, he's good to go at the goal line. And I just think it's arrows up for him. And I think that he's being discounted and... Um, I have him as my number four uh, back this season. Okay. I can totally see that. I actually have him sixth. Okay. Um, I had him fifth, but I moved him down one um, for uh, reasons that really have nothing to do with him or the other running back that I moved ahead of him. It actually has to do with the quarterbacks. Um mm-hmm. You know, Dak Prescott uh, came down with a uh, shoulder injury. It's really more of a back injury. Uh, it's that muscle sort of underneath your shoulder blade um, on your back. Uh, but I just it, it just gave me a little bit of concern hmm. um, just because we saw what happened to that offense last year when Dak was yeah. hurt. And, That's the thing. Uh, it's health yeah. dependent. Yeah. Exactly. So that just yeah. gave, spooked me a little. I mean, yeah. all the reports seem to – I mean, the, the Cowboys are putting a very brave face on the Dak news, and it sounds like – they fully expect him to uh, be ready to go for week one. I, I would like to see him, uh, you know, be ready to go for the the last uh, preseason game or something like that, just so we can see it with our own eyes instead of just having to trust, um, you know, their uh, their coaching staff and their pl- and the players who are all, all, always going to be positive. Um, but the player I actually moved ahead of him is Aaron Jones, who, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about him on our Scott Fishbowl recap because I, I drafted him there. I'm a, I'm a huge Aaron Jones fan this season. And at the minute that Aaron Rodgers announced he was coming back, uh, yeah. I, I'm just so excited for what Jones is going to mm-hmm. do this year. He's so underrated. He, uh, you know, he was the number two fantasy back two years ago, number five last year. 
Um, he just – what is there to not like about him? I mean, Jamal Williams leaving, uh, I think, increases his upside even more because while A.J. Dillon – uh, we'll maybe get a little bit of the early down between the tackles work. I think Dylan is not really built for the passing game, which means Jones is going to get all of that passing game work that he was losing to Jamal Williams. Um, so I feel like he has even more upside this year than he has the last couple of years. And that's saying something. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, and we, we did uh, speak about this earlier, but uh, Jones, I think, has been underrated for the past couple seasons, and he's just been remarkable. And I think that, you know, he's had, you know, back-to-back seasons of at least, you know, a 1,000 rushing yards to go along with combined 30 rushing and receiving, you know, uh, touchdowns. And you're right, I think with with uh, Rodgers back, this, this you know, tide lifts all, you know, in that offense. And um, I think that... Uh, you know, I have him right there. He's my, he's my number six, uh, uh, running back. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tough to really go wrong, but especially with, uh, Rogers back under center, like I said, you know, that kind of like lifts everyone's, um, potential offensively. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, um, we don't have the exact same order, but we have the okay. same six top backs, um, which honestly, I I've seen a lot of other people not put Aaron Jones, in that top six. And I, I just, I, I disagree with that. I don't, I don't really see the justification for moving yeah. him further down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you feel like there's a little bit of a drop off then after that top six? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So who do you have at number seven then? Well, I have Austin Eckler. Um, I'm, I'm an Eckler fan. Um, I like him this, this season when you've got, you know, kind of Justin Herbert, we talked about him in the quarterback show. I just, I think he's such an intriguing, um, kind of quarterback, uh, this year. And, you know, I think with, um, you know, Eckler gets a lot of, uh, use in the, in the running and in the passing game. Um, there tends to be some kind of, you know, health issues with him, but, um, I think that there, you know, Joe Lombardi's there. And I think that, you know, with him kind of calling the plays for, for the chargers, I think there's a lot more production for Eckler this season. And, you know, I think assuming he stays healthy, I, I, I don't know. I just really like him this season. I think there's a yeah. lot of kind of arrows up in the chargers offense. You really like him every season though, don't you? I do. I really do. I do like him, <laughs> but I like him, especially this season. Okay. Uh, with okay. The quarterback. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I will say, so I actually have him way down at 14, mm-hmm. um, but I am not a Austin Eckler hater this season. Like, in the past, I've actually been more off of Eckler than I am this year um, because I felt like he um, hadn't really proven that he could be a um, a bell cow back. And I still think that's true. I just think I that, that. Um, I, I think that if he is getting, you know, if he if he's following the Camara mode uh, mold, I should say, then that mm-hmm. doesn't really matter if he's a bell cow or not. Um, I just think he is a very dynamic player. Um, for me, it's really. Um, I have this as a tier really from seven all the way down to 14. So I happen to have Eckler at the bottom end of that tier, but okay. uh, really I, I feel like you could make a case for any of these guys. I, mm-hmm. uh, my current number seven is Jonathan Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. Although I may have to rethink that a little bit with the Carson Wentz injury news. Um, that's mm-hmm. a little concerning because uh, it could really just, if they don't, I mean with Jacob Eason under center or, uh, Sam Ellinger or whatever they decide to do. I mean, that's just a huge downgrade to the entire offense. So it is, but uh, they've got such a like a strong offensive line. Do you don't you think that they would rely maybe more on the running game than they already do? They and may, they, they may, yeah. but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how much more that 
Taylor would get. Maybe that would mean there's yeah. more carries to go around for Marlon Mack or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I also think that, you know, if they're scoring a lot fewer points, that's not a good thing for the running back. I'm, I'm just like, yeah. volume is important, but so you want to be part of a, a high scoring offense as well. So that to me is a red flag for Taylor. So I may end up moving him down. In fact, I think I probably will. For me, cause then my next group, it's Nick Chubb, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards, Hilaire, Joe Mixon, JK Dobbins, Najee Harris, and Antonio Gibson are the other players I have ahead of Austin Eckler. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as far as that group goes, a lot of them are self-explanatory, you know, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, he will have to share work with, Kareem Hunt, but he's had to share work with him last year, and he was still amazing. So uh, he's just the be- maybe like the best pure sort of you know old school running back in the entire NFL. Um, and the Browns' offense seems to be trending up, so I like him mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, Ceh was a little bit disappointing last year, but honestly, um, you know before they brought in Le'Veon Bell, uh, well, was he was actually yeah. he was actually doing just fine though. I mean yeah. like. Um, you know, he had either been an RB1 or an RB2 um, in uh, five of his first seven games. So he was he was actually delivering what you would expect. Um, and then uh, they brought in Le'Veon. They also just kind of went away from the running game because Bell wasn't actually that good when they got mm-hmm. – I mean, he wasn't good at all once they got him in. Um, but Bell's gone. I think CEH still – I mean, he was a first-round talent. He's got that talent. It's an amazing offense. They're going to be in the red zone all the time. Um, so I really feel like he could be maybe a, a little bit of a post-type sleeper this season. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think people were like, oh, it's like, I think people, it's one of those things where you have like super high expectations and then the Chiefs went out and kind of like, you know, bringing in Le'Veon Bell was kind of crazy. But yeah, you know, from week seven, it's like his volume went down. But um, through week one through six weeks, he was what you expected and what you thought you were going to get for the rest of the season. So I think that that's what you are going to get uh, you know, kind of one week one through six production for the entire season this year from him. And um, and I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, like Andy Reid, I mean, he really wants to have that one elite fantasy. I mean, not for, he's not thinking in terms of fantasy, but he wants to have that one top running back that he can really mold and uh, mm-hmm. develop. And, you know, we know that, Daryl Williams is not that. We know that Jarek McKinnon is not that. Those guys are bit players. You know, this is the only back in this backfield um, who has any chance of being the lead and of uh, hand, you know, handling twenty touches a week or anything like that. So I think I think Reed's going to give him another chance to prove that uh, that he deserves that kind of workload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, Joe Mixon, I, you know, I mean, he's been frustrating at times during his career, but, uh, you know, he was, um, the ninth most valuable running back in 2018, 13th in 2019 and 10th last year before he got hurt. So, I mean, we basically know what we're getting. I mean, we're looking at like a low end RB one, high end RB two every year from him. And they, um, you know, that offense should really be trending up. I feel like I'm very excited about the Bengals offense this year. Um, with you know Joe Burrow being healthy um, for the for the full season, I think that they could really score a ton of points and you know bring in Jamar Chase and uh, I you know letting Gio Bernard go means that uh, there's really not that much competition for touches for Mixon anymore. So uh, I'm excited about him this year. Where are you, where are you on him? 
Yeah, same. We actually have, I have the same order as you. Um, <clears throat> this guy with Chubb, Edward Tolaire, Mixon. And the thing with Mixon, it's like, you know, Gio Bernard was always kind of this thorn uh, in um, the sides of fantasy uh, managers who, you know, um, rostered Joe Mixon. And so he's gone now. He should be a three down back. This offense should be a high flying offense this season. Um, and I expect him to have, you know, just produce a ton this year. So I think this is, this could be Joe Mixon's year. I know I feel like people say that. Um, and I've kind of have never kind of been a huge Mixon fan, but I'm totally buying into him this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, I, it sounds like we're on the same page on those guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm a bit higher on you than you on J.K. Dobbins. However, I, I I'm not going to belabor mm-hmm. my my J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. points because mm-hmm. I talked about him, I believe, on the Scott Fishbowl recap mm-hmm. podcast as well. But uh, I just love the talent and I love the rushing efficiency within a Lamar Jackson offense. Um, and I know Gus Edwards is going to be involved, but I don't really care. I think Dobbins is a lock for double digit rushing touchdowns, and I think they could start to get him more involved in the passing game. Uh, and he's, you know, going to average over five yards per carry. So he doesn't necessarily need, uh, you know, 25 carries a game uh, to be uh, effective. And that, uh, which is a little different than with Najee Harris, I think, who I think really is going to need that heavier volume more than Dobbins. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I like, you know, I do like Dobbins. I think um, he's he's pushed pushed down a little bit um, only because, you know, it's, I think splitting with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, I just think that uh, even though he has been uh, very efficient, I think to me it just, he just ticks down a little bit. You know, I would rather have uh, kind of like an Antonio Gibson um, and and maybe even a Najee Harris. Well, I mean, I have both of them listed higher um, where I think that there's more kind of uh, full-time role um I really like Antonio Gibson this year. Um, I know we've, I feel like we've kind of, you know, uh, I think we're both really excited about uh, the Washington football team and, um, you know, some of their players, but he's one that I think is very exciting because I think that maybe this year uh, he, he will get, um, you know, uh, receptions. And I think that, you know, he'll be running. uh, You've got a I think a better team with, you know, kind of uh, fits magic. And then they've brought in some of these offensive weapons. Um, but I think that it's, it's good for them. And I think you'll see JD McKissick getting faded out a little bit. And I think you'll see more Antonio Gibson. And I think that um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that he's someone that can shoot up the ranks this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about Antonio Gibson too. I do that. I do really wonder though, do you, I mean, have you seen any, reporting that McKissick's going to get phased out or is that just more what you feel like you expect to happen no I think the thing is I have seen stuff that they uh where it's just basically because there are so many more passing options that basically that was really his bread and butter last season and that that just may kind of go away I have seen reporting saying that they want Antonio Gibson involved more in the passing game um and so I think that if that plays out, I do think that McKissick drops a little bit. And actually, that is one player that we have like a big difference in our rankings. But I mean, we yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, McKissick was really good last season. Um, and he actually, uh, he had more targets than any other running back in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. And his 80 catches were only behind Kamara. So, I mean, he was like a very core component of their offense last season and Mm -hmm. Gibson was still phenomenal even with that I just I I just think that McKissick didn't really do anything to justify losing work you know so I Mm -hmm. I I feel like he's a a permanent 
um, piece of their offense more than it sounds yeah, like you do. But be. time will yeah. tell on that. Yeah. Uh, either way, I think Gibson is a borderline RB one. I just I, that to me the basically I see I see McKissick is what you know Gio Bernard used to be to to Mixon. So right. I think that's why I have um, you know guys like Mixon and Dobbins and and Harris ahead of Gibson because um, I just I just think uh, that's going to be a little bit of a thorn in his side. Um, yeah. But these guys are all these guys are all great running backs to take. And honestly, I would say uh, I would want to get you know one or maybe even two of these running backs on my roster if I can because I think that you start to see a pretty significant drop off coming soon. Uh, there's one other running back I have not mentioned yet who uh, people might be wondering why I haven't mentioned him yet, and that's Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. who I have way down at RB15 right now. Uh, I know a lot of people have him at like RB4, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just spooked by the injury stuff with Barkley. I, I want to see him prove that he's healthy. If he does prove that, I'll bump him right back up my rankings. But um, I kind of feel like he was a little overrated even to begin with, um, just mm-hmm. because, you know, he's this elite prospect. Uh, he can make these individual plays that make your jaw drop, um, but he hasn't really put it all together um, um, with consistency yet, uh, in the NFL, I have some concerns obviously about the giants offense as a whole. It's not one of those offenses where you're just getting that bonus of, uh, always being in the red zone and always being in great position to score. Uh, but, but for me, really, it comes down to the injury. I mean, the fact that he's still recovering from this torn ACL, uh, now that we're in August and it certainly sounds like they're going to ease him back in. I don't, even if he's ready for week one, I'm I'm no longer confident that he's going to be, uh, you know, playing eighty percent of the snaps or anything like that in week one. So I I'm I'm kind of spooked. What, what yeah, are you on Dark? I have him as number ten, and he's, and I honestly am probably going to push him down. He's the player that we've kind of uh, with all the players we've talked about the most, where I'm kind of least comfortable and unsure about his his future kind of this season, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's, and you're also getting KG responses about when he's going to come back. And um, yeah, this isn't like say a Cowboys offense or something where it's just like, you know, this kind of this high octane offense where, you know, uh, you're going to get points. Um, so I think you have a questionable health uh, kind of outlook with him. You have a team that I don't know, has like a bunch of like, you know, pass catching op- options out there but mm-hmm. it's like we don't really know what what the giants what the giants are going to do you know it does it just doesn't there's a lot of guys there it's a little crowded um and uh, yeah he's he's someone out of the kind of these top guys where i'm uh, least confident um in him and i i know that i'm going to drop him actually a little bit but yeah i just feel yeah. like it, it's like if you know that you're getting a player who a is a proven producer B is in a, a very good offense and C is going to get the majority of the work. Like that's a really safe, I mean, I'll put safe in quotation marks because this is fantasy football. Like any player can tear their ACL tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But like those players are, there's, there's not really anything not to like about any of those other running backs that we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why take the risk on Saquon Barkley when you can have a player who's going to be a building block for your team, like those other guys, you know, I just don't think it's worth it. I think you have to get further down the rankings to players that just don't really have the same level of upside before you could justify really taking Barkley over, over someone. Mm -hmm. I 
agree. Which brings me to that next group of players who I don't feel um, have the same level of upside. And that's why at that point I'm willing to take a gamble on Barkley. Uh, one of them I still probably have above consensus because I love this guy. I love this guy every single year. I've got him uh, at RB16 this season. And that's Chris Carson. Uh, <laughs> I was like going to, I'm like, he's going to say Chris Carson. And yeah. I was like, I also have him at 16. So I like to see that we kind of have the same view on him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's basically where he always finishes. I mean, mm-hmm. or even higher, really. I mean, last year he was, he was 17th and he only played 12 games. So mm-hmm. uh, he would have been even higher. He was top 15 each of the previous two seasons. So, Maybe he's not a true RB1, but uh, I think he could be. And he's certainly a high-end RB2. Um, yeah. And, you know, they don't uh, – Rashad Penny, there were all these dynasty people that were obsessed with Rashad Penny for years and uh, so certain he was going to take over for Carson. Um, it never happened. I was not one of them, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I just think Penny's ship has sailed. Travis Homer and DJ Dallas are bit players, um, you know, Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. Uh, they tried letting Russ cook, and then they they took him out of the kitchen last season. I just think they're going to go back to their roots, and that's Carson. Uh, he does, uh, you know, have a little bit of an injury history, but it's kind of like Dalvin Cook. It's like maybe maybe he misses a couple games, but he's probably not going to miss, you know, the whole season or something like that. So I uh, I just think he's he's a, a nice value play. Yeah, I don't think he's going to miss the whole season or anything, but he definitely misses games, and part of that is you know, do the fact that he's such a bruiser, you know, when he runs, he runs so hard and he's just like his style of play that he always gets like nicked up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you, you said everything that we can say about Carson, but I agree. I think he's also someone that kind of flies under the radar and, um, but you know that you can say count on him, say for at least like, say like 12, 12 games of like solid super production. Um, and, um, I think that that's, uh, I think that's good, you know? Yeah. And then the next guy in my rankings is a player that I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are going to end up being really wrong on this player one way or another. It's just hard to say how. And that's Mm -hmm. David Montgomery. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, he's a really hard player to get a feel for this season, I would say. Um, What, like, uh, he, I mean, he was so dominant at the end of last season, but uh, it was against uh, really weak competition. I wasn't impressed with him at all prior to that run. And, uh, you know, I don't really believe in the bears. Uh, they could have, um, you know, a QB change uh, in the middle of the season going to a rookie. I don't know how that's going to affect things. Uh, I just, I don't have a great feel for Montgomery. Where, where do you land on him? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of historically with, with, uh, bears running backs, I just don't, I don't really, uh, draft them. Um, but I mean, Montgomery did show that, you know, you know, once Tariq Cohen went out last season, he filled in nicely. He was able to kind of be this kind of third, third, three down back. Um, but yeah, I think that there are questions, there are quarterbacks questions. I don't know when Tariq Cohen's coming back at some point, he'll come back. Uh, but really it's like, you know, with those two things, um, you know, I just think it's, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I mean, right now I have him as, as my, uh, running back 20. So, okay. so um, you're a little lower than, so I'm a yeah. little bit lower than you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally am on the same page with you with, uh, kind of Chicago running back. So. Yeah. I mean, the Cohen thing is really huge because, mm-hmm. uh, if he, if he's healthy, I mean, he, he is like JD McKissick, like Gio Bernard, he is going to eat a sizable portion of the passing down work. Mm-hmm. And 
that was really a big part of what made Montgomery tick last season. You know, I I think um, he, I mean, he certainly made strides uh, as a rusher as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, he, he wasn't putting up like, you know, gaudy. uh, I mean, he did have some good rushing games late in the season, Mm -hmm. but he was boosting it with like a good 30 or 40 receiving yards every week. And if that goes away, that's a big deal, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's, uh, but you know, Cohen is sort of in the same boat as like Barkley where it's just like, we don't really know how, uh, whether he's going to be ready to go by week one. And if he is, how effective he's going to be. But, um, but that's a, yeah, that's a big factor, um, that will mm-hmm. probably affect our Montgomery rankings one way or another. Um, so do you have any, so you have Montgomery down at 20. Um, who are some of the other players you have uh, ahead of him? So below, uh, Chris Carson, I actually have Daryl Henderson, I think, because he's, I know that there's still are kind of question marks. I don't know if they're going to bring someone in, but as of now, I think that, you know, he's that lead back and a high, uh, kind of potent offense. He's probably not going to give you a lot in the passing game, but he is someone who I think has that job right now locked up to himself, and I think that there's value in that. So I it goes Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson, then I have J.K. Dobbins, and then I have DeAndre Swift, and then David Montgomery. That's um, kind of those okay, yeah. guys for me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. For me, Dobbins really sticks <clears throat> out like a sore thumb, uh, sore thumb there, mm-hmm. uh, but I won't, I won't belabor that point. But <laughs> I actually had the other guy. Um, I have it. Carson, Montgomery, Henderson, Swift. So I'm pretty okay, much yeah. on the same boat okay. with you on those on those other guys. Uh, you know, Henderson is interesting because he he has the upside to finish a lot higher than this um, if he holds on to the lead back all job all year. Because I because mm-hmm. the Rams there's like a few offenses that I just want to buy into this year, right. and the Rams are one of them. I mean, I to me it's it's um, assuming Dak Prescott's healthy. It's the it's the Cowboys, the Bengals the Rams. Those are three offenses that I'm just really excited to see this year. I feel like mm-hmm. getting a piece of any of those offenses is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Henderson, it's, does he really have that lead job sewn up? I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's you know, it doesn't seem like they're rushing out to, to bring in a veteran yet. I mean, they could do that though at any time, but I also think um, he's just, he's just not that established or proven. So, would it really be shocking if like Xavier Jones or James Funk or one of these guys, uh, did I even say his name right? <laughs> that, that one of these guys comes out of nowhere and, uh, you know, ends up taking Jake Funk. Sorry. I was like, James Funk, that doesn't sound right. Um, but uh, it's just like, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's not, he doesn't feel safe at all to me because of that. Um, so I actually have him ranked right where you do. Basically I have him 18th and I feel like that's kind of factoring in the upside and the downside, because if, if he's the lead guy in that offense all year, he could finish top 12. Uh, but he could also just completely crater, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing I kind of preface it is like, as now, you know, if he's kind of the lead guy, I kind of have him, I think he's in this vicinity here. Um, and yeah. he, he is someone that can definitely shoot up. He could, you know, the fall could, the, the floor could fall out too. I don't know, but I think, I think for starting out right now where we are, this is, you know, kind of his, his neighborhood right now. Yeah. And, and DeAndre Swift is kind of the exact opposite because I feel like his upside is really limited by, by the lions offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is totally, totally locked in as the lead back. I mean, 
Uh, you know, Jamal Williams is going to play significant snaps, but he's not going to play the majority of snaps. So, like, Swift is definitely going to be playing, you know, 60% of the snaps at running yeah. back for, for the Lions. But uh, how valuable that is in that offense and while Williams is still uh, a factor, is it remains to be seen. Because I feel like those two, Swift and, and Williams, both are can run the ball or, or catch it. So I don't think it's going to be like one of them is the early down guy and the other is the passing down. I think they're going to be more interchangeable in, um, you know, uh, kind of like a strict, um, you know, platoon sort of situation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think that Swift's is shaping up as sort of like a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy, which is a shame because he's super talented. Yeah, I feel like I probably won't have a ton of shares of Swift. I, I'm just kind of not really um, interested. Like, I, I feel like there are question marks, and I'm just not really interested in um, in this Jared Goff uh, <laughs> yeah. offense. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't hate drafting Swift in, like, you know, maybe in the third or fourth round because it's kind of like at a certain point, you know, you start to get to these really risky running backs, and it's like to you know to have him as your RB two. It's like you know what you're getting. You know what I mean. You know you're going to get production from that lineup spot all season. Whereas there's just all these other running backs that that could that value could just like disappear. And Henderson is one of them. Yeah, that's true. Um. So then, yeah. So now we're talking around RB twenty um mm -hmm. to twenty five in that range. Mm -hmm. Um. To me, that's another um. There's a there's a whole tier of guys here. I, to me, Carson and Montgomery are ahead of this next group, so it, I would put Henderson and Swift maybe in with Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. um, th that's sort of like the next group for me. Um, mm -hmm. Jacobs, we know he's uh, capable of being a bell cow, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be now that the Raiders brought in Kenyon Drake. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I think especially in the passing game, Drake is probably going to take a lot of the touches um, I still think Jacobs is pretty safe. He's kind of similar to Swift in that way, mm -hmm. um, but just not doesn't have the same upside that he once had. Mm -hmm. uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, he is the second back. <laughs> he's the second back in that offense, but yep. he's proven that he can be very valuable uh, in that role. So I think he could still be an RB2, even though he's technically the backup, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and I was gonna say I also you have Miles Sanders right in there. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and then I also kind of have in that clump of the same guys. Um, I put in Miles Gaskin. I, I know that there, maybe there are like kind of like questions about. I mean, I right now I think that he's, I don't know, maybe I'm naive or something, but I feel that he is kind of the, um, he's the lead back right now, and he's yeah, he's I agree. Down back, and I think that. Um, yeah, lead three down back is something that I think at this point, you know, in in the draft and with these guys, I'm kind of always interested in. Um, and I don't know, we'll see kind of what what how Miami shakes out this year. I know you're not a big Tua fan, um, no. but um, I feel like they kind of have to be better this season than they were were uh, last season. Or at least they tried to improve themselves. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of in on Miles Gaskin in terms of um, kind of a later. Um, RB pick, and I feel like sometimes he doesn't get a lot of fantasy love. So, um, but I'm I'm kind of in, in on him this this season. Yeah, no, um, you make I a good case. Guys, so, I yeah. like Gaskin. Don't get me wrong, and I actually have him in a dynasty league, and um, so I'm pretty excited about him too. Mm -hmm. uh, I just to me, um, 
I think that uh, he's more, uh, he's just less solidified in his role. I think, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I feel like Swift, Jacobs, Hunt, and Sanders are like, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. Whereas Gaskin, it's not, he's more in the Henderson mold where it's like, mm-hmm. he could be really great or he could, you know, lose the starting job. I mean, Salvin Ahmed was very good when he got an opportunity last year as right. well. Uh, they brought yeah. in Malcolm Brown. So I don't, yeah. I don't actually think Gaskin is like truly a three down back. I mean, mm. Malcolm Brown is, he's never going to be the lead guy, but he's going to get some touches, you know? So yeah. um, I just, I, I think it's, uh, I have Gaskin right behind that other group. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you in terms of okay. ranking. I just, uh, I just think he's kind of like he's like Henderson, but in a worse offense, basically. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then I, you know, other guys like that for me. Um, well, Mike Davis and Raheem mm-hmm. Mostert, uh, yeah. James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris. That's kind of like the next group for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, Davis is boring, um, but they, they, the Falcons just don't really have anybody else. I mean, is Quadri Allison really going to be the guy there, you know? I just um, saw something the other day being like, you know, he wasn't really kind of valued with, with the other kind of uh, offensive coordinators in previous in the last two years, essentially. But that um, apparently this uh, kind of um, OC group is like, we, we love him and so i actually bumped you're him up about? recently yeah. yeah so like i just kind of um the other day kind of you know doing this this our player notes and stuff i did bump him up a little bit more just because there is like no one else and um you know it could be just preseason talk or whatever but apparently he's gonna he's supposed to be a little bit more involved in the uh, offense than he has yeah no i i think he's a good like you know zero rb kind of mm-hmm. like late round lottery ticket kind of a guy i mean i would definitely rather have him than Javian Hawkins, who was kind of the buzzy undrafted free agent they signed, and people were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, they have no running backs." Like everyone thought the Falcons were going to draft a running back, and they didn't. And they signed him. They signed Hawkins, and it was like, "Oh, here's their rookie route, their rookie running back. This is going to be the new James Robinson or whatever." Right. And it's like, no, he's small. Uh, he's a third down back. He's not going to be the <laughs> yeah, new James Robinson. Um, you know, Allison actually is a better candidate to be that. If anyone is, I agree. I just the reality is it's probably the answer is probably nobody, but, um, but I would definitely stash Allison in a deeper league or it's and in dynasty. I definitely want him on my roster. Um, but like Mike Davis, you know, he, he really kind of got worse as the season went along last year. I mean, when he first, when McCaffrey first was out, um, he looked pretty darn good. Uh, and as the season went along, it, he kind of got exposed, I feel like. And it, so he's, to me, he's like a volume guy. He needs that big volume uh, to produce. Mostert's the opposite. I mean, Mostert doesn't need huge volume. I mean, because he is so fast and that offense is so good uh, that I feel like he could be awesome. I just, Trey Sermon is certainly knocking on the door, yeah, you know? Right. So yep. it's kind of, but I think the 49ers running game under Kyle Shanahan has typically been able to support two running backs. So, uh, especially with Jeff Wilson injured, I actually like Mostert and Sermon quite a bit. I have them both mm-hmm. as top 30 running backs mm-hmm. uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you agree? I've got, I have, I have Mostert at uh, 28 and Sermon at 33. So kind of in the same okay. neighborhood, but um, okay. yeah. And really, I think it's just uh, with, I actually do think if Mostert's healthy, I think that they're just going to roll with him uh, for the majority of the time. He just has 
uh, trouble staying on the field, but he's just so explosive and, you know, efficient. And he's just kind of really fun to watch. But I think that, yeah, you know, Sermon is right there. And, um, you know, San Francisco isn't afraid to to use multiple backs. And so I think that exactly. they, they both will get a lot of uh, production this season. I agree. I, I like yeah. both of those guys a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just San Francisco is just gold for running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to be. I mean, Mostert's the fastest running back in the league, but you don't have to be a supreme talent to be a viable fantasy running back in that offense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I love James Robinson. I really do. It pains me to have to move him all the way down to 26 in my rankings. But, um, you know, I do think he's going to remain the, the lead back in Jacksonville this season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are ready to say, oh, it's going to be Travis Etienne. Why did mm-hmm. why would they use a first round pick on him if they weren't going to play him? Yada, yada, yada. But uh, I think Urban Meyer wants to play uh, a very conservative offense this season um, with his rookie quarterback uh, and his, you know, he's a rookie NFL head coach. So. I think they're going to try to pound the rock a lot, and I think James Robinson is the guy that they, that, that will get the first opportunity to do that. And mm-hmm. we saw last year that he can be very effective in that role. Uh, it's a shame he, you know, his passing down work is really going to fall off this season. I think Etienne is probably going to be uh, the lead uh, pass catching back there. Um, and, you know, Carlos Hyde is probably going to mix in some to an annoying degree, too, because Urban is an OSU guy and he likes Carlos Hyde. Um, <laughs> I'm a Michigan guy, in case you can't tell. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Robinson is actually some people have left him for dead. And I, I think he's still going to kind of be a sneaky useful like rb3 flex kind of play all season what do you do, you, do yeah you i mean that? i have robinson at at 30 right now and i'm i like robinson i've rostered him last year and it was just great you know so selfishly um but i don't know where i've kind of fluctuated with with travis etienne whether it's i know that you you've said that yes they're going to have a conservative offense and then you know you'll read other things that are like no you know that he's gonna he's going to they have him working with the with with the whiteouts, and he's gonna you know do all sorts of things for everyone on the offense. And so, um, how many I actually... run, how many running backs can you think of though that have <laughs> l- l- primarily lined up at wideout and have had a good fantasy year? Yeah, I know. You know, I don't. You know, it's I, I don't. And then you have you have Tim Tebow in there. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna go on over <laughs> Who there? Who looks you like know? Superman or the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> right I saw now. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually have them just kind of for, for now, like clumped together because I don't know exactly where I'm going to put Travis Etienne kind of, you know, in, in, in the end. Um, but I don't know that I, I wholly agree that I think that they're going to be as conservative as, as you say they are. But I also, I mean, I don't know. I just, um, the Jacksonville offense to me is a big question mark um, at a lot of the positions. So I, it's it's actually been tough for me to rank a lot of the Jacksonville players because of that. I just mm-hmm. don't know exactly where they should go. So Yeah, I mean, I don't have them clumped together, Robinson mm-hmm. and Etienne, but I have uh, them both in like RB3 flex territory. Because yeah. I've got Robinson yeah. at 26 and I have Etienne at 34. So, okay. uh, you know, I, I think they're both going to be guys you can use in your lineup, um, especially in a league mm-hmm. with like multiple flex spots or anything like that. I just don't think – I wouldn't feel – great about having either of them be my rb2 heading into the no the i yeah no i agree with that yeah right. uh and then i mentioned chase edmonds and damian harris uh mm-hmm. you know uh, there have been reports in arizona that edmonds is clearly going to be the lead back and that um james connor is the is not 
Um, I don't know though. I mean, is Edmonds really built to handle a season of being the lead back? It's, it remains to be seen. I think, Um, I think that this will be more of a split than what people think. Um, yeah, more of a timeshare, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, he had his best season, uh, last year, but, um, I, I think, you know, James Conner, I, I know you you like James Conner and James Conner isn't, uh, it's not, he's not dead yet. And I think that this is actually a good situation for him because, um, you know, he gets to stay fresh, you know, he, he won't be getting, I think as many, uh, uh, snaps as he has has gotten and so I think that'll help him from like a health perspective I think that and I think that um you know I think that Connor is actually going to see a lot of end zone uh opportunities and I, I think mm-hmm. he may get more end zone opportunities than than Chase Edmonds does yeah that um, would make sense so I I don't know I I probably I don't know I don't know. I think I think it's a little bit more arrows uppy for uh, James Conner than than Chase Edmonds. And plus, you know, when you have Kyler Murray, you know, I I just I think that Edmonds is a little bit more capped in terms of his upside. But and I think I think Conner has more upside potential hmm. personally between the two. Interesting. But I so have you, them. Do you have Connor ranked ahead of? No, Edmonds I don't. Or? I don't. I just that's no. I have I have Edmonds at uh, twenty eight, and then I have a Connor at thirty five. Yeah, we're basically exactly. I have Edmonds yeah. at twenty seven, and Connor at thirty five. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think surprising. Edmonds. I I don't know. I feel like he does have a lot of upside in terms of mm-hmm. uh, explosive plays. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the Arizona setup is very favorable for running backs. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I like both of these yeah, guys is like RB three flexes. I just, I'm not, yeah, I, I think we're in agreement that it doesn't seem likely that either of them is going to be like a bell cow, you know, barring yeah, an injury to the other. And yeah. Connor does get injured uh, quite a lot. So maybe yes. admins will be forced into that role at some mm-hmm. point during the season. But, uh, you know, early on, I, I expect it to be a pretty even committee. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the takeaway is that, yeah. I think it would just kind of be a little bit uh, split a little bit. So yeah, and where are you on Damian Harris? Because I mean, the Patriots have typically typically been uh, a very uh, painful place to look for fantasy mm-hmm. value in their backfield. So I think it is. Uh, it, do you think it, yeah. this is like a, you know some people seem to be acting like this is going to be a totally different situation than it's been in the past and that Harris is going to be the guy. Do you, do you buy that? Well, I think, I think Belichick came out the other day and said, he's the guy he's, he's like the lead back. I don't care. Even if he is the lead back, I think that there are still issues with, with goal line work and touchdowns. So, um, I can see him, um, being more of a sh- taking more of a share you know than than Sony Michelle in in the, in the uh, running game I think you still have James White for for passing but you also for at least part of the season you'll have to contend with you know Cam Newton and what what he's going to be doing so um I think he's he's you know his upside is capped but I think that he um I think he'll get still like the fair share of of uh snaps out of the backfield um or touches mm-hmm. out of the backfield I should say but um yeah, I he I have him as my thirty two uh, right now. So um, I I I'm mean, he did, I I don't get excited about Damian Harris or anything, but you can still get some squeeze some fantasy juice out of him. You know. You yeah, I mean he's like a. I mean, getting a starting running back as mm-hmm. late as you can get Damian Harris is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Sony Michelle might even get cut. Uh, um, yeah. 
you know, Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, I think is the main threat to um, Harris on the early down work at this Mm -hmm. point. I mean, we, I could be wrong. We'll see, but that's, that's kind of the way that it seems to be trending. Mm -hmm. And then James White, of course, is going to have his Mm -hmm. role. Um, I actually think that switching from Cam Newton to Mac Jones would be a good thing for all of these running backs because uh, Cam Newton is just not, he is a detriment to fantasy running backs because he steals a bunch of goal line work and he doesn't really check down to two running backs in the passing game that much either. So it's kind of just a bad thing all around, whether you're James White or Damian Harris to have Cam Newton as the the quarterback. I also personally, uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I'm not buying the Cam Newton. I mean, I know he's supposedly looked kind of good in, um, in some training camp practices Mm -hmm. so far, but after what we saw last year, I'm not buying that he is going to be a good thing for this offense overall. So I think the sooner they get to Mac Jones, the sooner they can kind of find their identity as a team uh, going mm-hmm. forward, which would mm-hmm. help all of these guys, um, especially James White, though. But but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think Harris might end up sharing early down work with Stevenson, which is not a great recipe for success. But I don't know. I mean, Belichick's definitely talking him up, so... Uh, I feel like I have him at 28, which is as low as I can really have a starting NFL running back in my rankings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then do anyone else you have uh, ahead of there that we haven't talked about yet? I have Melvin Gordon at the back end, but I don't really know what's going on in Denver. Um, and I think that's just because right now I think that maybe he's he's leading that uh kind of backfield over um Javante Williams but um and it, yeah I don't know I just have Melvin Gordon there I, he's not something that I I'm like woohoo Melvin Gordon but um yeah and I think there are lots of question marks in Denver in, in lots of places so, <laughs> for so, sure I mean yeah. really the entire offense uh, mm-hmm. you know um I you know I think I, I don't know I've been hearing reports that um that Javante Williams might end up starting even in week one yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, and, like, oh, sorry. Well, I just think he's he's the he's uh, the more exciting talent at this stage of their respective careers. I mean, um, Gordon has certainly had a good run as a fantasy back, um, and he's actually played better in recent years. Like early in his career, it was all volume driven. His rushing efficiency was actually mm-hmm. quite poor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's improved that some, but he's also getting up there in age. And I, you know, they they used an early pick on Williams for a reason. Um, so I have Williams ranked ahead of Gordon. Um, you know, I actually have, I have Williams right in this, right in this next group, um, at 29, right after Damian Harris. And I have Gordon down at 39. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's the thing. I think that this, this, um, I, I forget the Broncos, uh, GM, uh, but this was, this was their pick, Javante Williams. And so, um, Melvin Gordon was kind of like a holdover, but, um, so I know that it's kind of like the kind of top brass, I think, is really pushing for, for Williams. And I think Williams will definitely get play kind of out of the gate. And I, I totally think it could be something. I can easily see a scenario where, you know, Gordon starts out and has kind of more, gets more of the touches. But then, you know, once we progress, as the season progresses, uh, that it becomes more and more, you know, Williams's uh, role. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it's possible that could happen quickly, you know. Um uh, it may be even by week one based on some of the training camp reports. Um, I also, does Gordon still have that like potential suspension hanging over his head from that DUI? Um, oh, I don't know. 
I don't know what happened with that. Um, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, those things can take a long time, but that was, you know, I know that that got pushed off from last season. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's another, it's another thing that basically if at any point Gordon is out, whether it's an injury, a suspension, whatever, tummy ache, <laughs> uh, you know, I think Williams is the kind of talent that if he gets the opportunity, he could just take the job, you know, mm-hmm. and not look back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then we're around RB30 here. You know, I, I have Trey Sermon at 30, J.D. McKissick, uh, who I talked about before. I have him at 31 because I just think he's going to maintain mm-hmm. that passing down role. Uh, Latavius Murray I have at 32. I, I think it sounds like you and I are both pretty excited mm-hmm. about Murray's uh, upside with um, Michael Thomas out. Like it, it yep. seems like he's going to play a he's pretty sizable play. role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's the play. Um, yeah. I also have um, I have Michael Carter kind of in this in terms of upside. I have Carter and um, Trey Sermon. I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot the the running back um, kind of room and in uh, with the Jets is pretty crowded. But I I do think that he does have some upside on the, for for the season. And I take it as encouraging news that he's actually running with uh, he's working with the the first teams and. Uh, Tevin Coleman's working with the second team. So I think right now in terms of training camp, that's that's good news for him. And I just think that he's someone that has some upside. So I, I have him kind of clumped next to, to, to Trey Sermon right now. Yeah, I'm thinking about moving Michael Carter up in my rankings. I have him mm-hmm. at 36 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know what to make of the Jets. I mean, I think starting mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback uh, without any great playmakers uh, at receiver um, – you know, I do sort of like Corey Davis, but I, you know, they're not going to be a super high-scoring offense. And there's mm-hmm. just a lot of cooks in the kitchen at running back. I, you know, I kind of like Ty Johnson as a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman's kind of the veteran presence, so mm-hmm. he might uh, get more work than he deserves, especially early in the season. Uh, but Carter is, if there's any guy that's going to step up and be like an RB two in the second half of the season, it's obviously Michael Carter. So, yeah. uh, you know, I could see, I could see pushing him up a little bit. I'm going to have to take a look at that, especially if the, the training camp reports keep hyping him mm-hmm. up and saying he's, mm-hmm. he, he could start right away or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we should also talk about the Tampa Bay situation. I have Ronald Jones at RB 33. Uh, I have, I have Fournette down at, uh, uh, 44 uh yeah. and and then geo i have uh you know further down than that but uh you know i think uh i think it's kind of it's I, we talked about this a little bit i think on the scott fishbowl one but i i'm worried because if if it's unpredictable whether it's going to be fournette or jones each week uh and then if bernard is getting all the passing down work then it's like you don't have the upside uh, and you don't have the certainty. So it's kind of like the worst of both worlds a little bit. But I do feel like Jones was the main back for most of last season until the playoffs. So he's kind of – it's my expectation that he's kind of has a slight edge on Fournette heading into the season. But it's really – it's up to Bruce Arians. It's anyone's guess other than him. Yeah, I think that he, I think that he has the nod. He's kind of the more efficient and better running back. But, you know, Fournette – was you know really good kind of in the in the playoffs and found the end zone a lot and 
you know, and then they like to, there's a little wrinkle with uh, Gio Bernard, who who could be, you know, the Bucks version of James White, you know, and come in and just take a lot of the um, the passing downs. It's it's really anyone's guess, um, but I I do have them kind of ranked in that same order where I think you'd go kind of Rojo, Fournette, and then and then Bernard. Yeah, it's like Rojo in the thirties, RB thirties, uh, Fournette in the forties, yeah. and Bernard yeah. in the fifties, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have him at fifty one. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, and now I think we get to some backup running backs who I think. Um, can have some immediate standalone value and have handcuff value. Mm-hmm. So I like, I really like drafting those kind of players. I think that mm-hmm. um, they're great players to have on your bench because you can use them in a pinch in a bye week or something like that. Uh, but then also if there's an injury to the starter, all of a sudden they're going to be every week starters. And for me, I'm, I'm looking at Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'm looking at Gus Edwards. I'm looking at Jamal Williams. Um, I put Melvin Gordon in this category as well, okay. although I know his draft co- his draft cost might be higher. Um, you know, I like Philip Lindsay a lot, even though Houston's a mess. I kind of think he might um, be a better. Pl- I think he is a better player than David Johnson at this mm-hmm. point. I'd rather um, have him too. Yeah, and Zach Moss. Uh, you know, it's kind of. I guess the Buffalo and Houston situations. It's just uh, I don't know if either back any of their backs are going to be like viable, but. Um, but Moss would be my Moss and Lindsay would be my preferred choice in those two backfields. Same. I mean, I think that I don't know what's going on in Houston, but I think Lindsay is the best back in that very crowded situation. Um, and then with regards to kind of Moss, I you want Moss over Singletary. You know, it's like even though he, they're in this like high powered office uh, offense, it just doesn't it doesn't trickle down to the running backs. That's just not how they operate over there in Buffalo. So. Um, he will be the runner, but I think I think the main runner. But I think that you're you're not going to get touchdowns, a lot of touchdowns from him. So you shouldn't expect. I think, I think kind of on the surface, if you think, oh well, you know, he's part of the Bills' offense, you know, just like no, they don't really roll through the running backs. So yeah, um, yeah. you just don't have touchdown upside that uh, there. But I agree with with uh, you with those guys in terms of um, kind of having value um, a little bit on their own. What about Tony Pollard? Do you think that they'll um, kind of try and give him more work or do you think that um like and that maybe the only way to kind of squeeze use both kind of zeke and maintain his role and pollard is maybe to do some have some kind of passing options or plays created for him um but he's kind of an explosive athlete and again it's this high-powered offense um i don't know that it's someone that you can just sit and just kind of you can't you can't plug him in and be confident that he's going to churn out some production each week but um I'm kind of curious to see what they kind of what 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 Dallas does with him. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I um I might need to move him up. A little. I have him at RB fifty two. Mm-hmm. I sort of had him lumped in with other strict backups um, mm-hmm. that have handcuff value. So like Alexander Madison, right. Rashad Penny, uh, Salvin Ahmed, um, even Devontae Booker, I guess. But um, who I moved up some because of the Saquon news. Mm-hmm. But um, Pollard might be belong more in that category with. Kenyon Drake, uh, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams. I also think A.J. Dillon probably belongs in that conversation yeah. as well. Um, so those are guys who may have some standalone value and the handcuff value. So um, I, I do tend to target those type of players. Yeah, um, I agree and then you get, Yeah, and then you get to, like, you know, the more the PPR kind of guys, like Naheem Hines, James White, Gio Bernard. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with rostering those guys in PPR, but uh, – 
you know, I don't really see, I mean, I used to love James White because of Tom mm-hmm. Brady, but I, I, I don't know without Tom Brady, if he can really, um, you know, approach that like top 24 running back value that he did at certain yeah. times. Um, That's kind of what I was hoping day. for with Gio though. Like, like in Scott Fishbowl, I, I took a flyer on, I guess on it's possible. I just, just it's I, a high I, off flying offense. You still have two guys in front of him, but yeah. like James White was still able to get production. And so I'm, I'm hoping that it's mirrored over there, but I, who knows? I don't know what's going to go on. Maybe I just, I, the, the, you know, the Patriots never really had that like Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, early mm-hmm. down situation like the same way i mean they yeah. had sony michelle but i don't know i i kind of feel like it might get spread a little too thin for geo but we'll see i mean there's he's a there's a path there. there's a path yeah. there's, um and then are there any deeply any like kind of deeper guys you like i mean for me it's mm-hmm. um i mentioned ty johnson i think he's a dark horse in it for the jets uh marlon mack you know we talked about the the colts might have to run the ball even more now without carson wentz so i think Marlon Mack might end up getting some decent touches and uh, Larry Roundtree uh, with the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the Chargers are going to have somebody other than Eckler touching the ball a decent amount. And uh, Joshua Kelly and uh, just hasn't really impressed. And uh, Justin Jackson can't stay healthy. healthy. So, um, you know, Roundtree is the new coaching staff's draft pick. So he he might get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the one guy that I would have brought up. Um, I think that he, he, you know, he can totally fly at boards. I think. I think um, it's a name to keep um, keep in your brain. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, and then at that point, after that, I think it's just some other late round handcuff kind of guys like Daryl Williams we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard um, behind McCaffrey. Um, maybe he could be the new Mike Davis if uh, McCaffrey were to get hurt again. Uh, yeah. Darrington Evans is probably the best backup to own in Tennessee. Although I'm not sure he's really. Um, capable of handling a, a huge workload so it might be more of a committee if if something happened yeah. to derrick henry uh samaj p ryan maybe um with the with i think the he's a good handcuff i mean because just because yeah. it's just like they don't really have you know i think beyond Mixon, they they just don't have anyone else and so if something were to happen with Mixon, and actually i don't even think Mixon's actually played a full 16 uh uh, game season um and so i think the odds are uh good for p ryan to to get some play yeah and then uh, you know i think we'll have to watch the steelers backfield too because whoever ends up being the the handcuff to uh Najee harris is going to be interesting just because mike tomlin really does like to have one bell cow back mm-hmm. uh, i i currently think the best candidate actually is kalen balage even though i don't think much of him as a as a player but yeah. um they did sign they made the effort to go out and sign him which to me sort of suggests they're not too satisfied um with the you know the, the backs that they've drafted the last couple of years in the in mid to late rounds you know mm-hmm. um you know benny snell and uh jalen samuels and uh, i just i think they're, they're kind of like looking to bring in some new blood so if 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 harris were to get injured as of right now balage um may actually be the best bet yeah i could see that anyone else you want to uh touch on before we uh, wrap up i don't think so i think we i we covered a lot and i think that uh i think we may have covered most of everyone here <laughs> they'll always well that's the thing about running back there'll always be some other guys who we don't even know of right now that are going to uh factor into our lives i might have to get xavier jones into my rankings because i think this i'm not buying i'm not fully sold on daryl henderson yeah 
I mean, I think I think at this point in the season, I think we we've we've covered most of the people that we should be uh, talking about. So I'm good. I'm, Let's give I'm ourselves good. a big pat on the are. back. Then. Yeah, there we go. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you uh, everyone for listening. Um, we are just churning through these position previews. We're going to move on. Uh, we still got wide receiver and tight end uh, to come. Uh, I should have mentioned this up at the top, but we have our first rankings. Oh, right. Hello. Yeah, it's, it's so fresh. I don't think it's even like soaked in that we have them up there. It's literally hours. They've just been on there hours. So exactly. They, they just got put up this morning. Yep. So go to rosrankings.com. You can see Lauren and my top, what is it? 230 players 200, ranked. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be updating those every week between now and week one. Uh, we also have week one. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have player notes for the vast majority of those players, although we'll yeah. continue to add notes uh, here and there as we go uh, heading into the start of the season as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can find me at LK Auerbach. And as always, if you can rate and review, ring that bell, subscribe, do all that stuff that I don't know where it goes, but it's good for us. We, you know, really appreciate that. And we really appreciate if you take the time to do that. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, everybody. See you later. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.